Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. Yo, yo, what's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own mountain pie. All you have to do right now is tell them DNVR sent you, and you can get a free honey cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree. That's right, a free honey cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree. What a score. What a deal. If you're like me, you might not want to spend the extra bucks on the appetizer, but we all know appetizers are great, especially if it's been a long day, you're waiting for that meal. Bojo's is probably popping. Get that honey cheese bread, get it for free, and tell them DNVR sent you. Alrighty, folks, let's just jump right into it. We are going to be talking all things CSU men's hoops today, the Rams are Vegas bound. I'll be Vegas bound a late tonight, early tomorrow morning. I don't really know how to phrase it. I have a I have a green ride shuttle to DIA because of the when my flight leaves. Also, as I've talked about before, my car is a hunk of junk. So leaving it at the DIA parking lot for four full days was kind of a risk I just didn't really want to take. So I bit the bit the bullet and ended up spending a little bit extra money to get the shuttle. It'll be convenient. I mean, it picks you right up, drops you off at the airport, all that kind of stuff. But my shuttle's going to pick me up at two in the morning. And it's that awkward time where it's like, do I try and go to try to go to sleep and get a couple of hours? Do I just ride it out and stay up all night? I don't really want to pull an all nighter because it's going to be a long day Wednesday. I'm going to get to Vegas early in the morning. I'm not going to want to take a nap right away. I'm going to want to, you know, walk around the strip, maybe check out some of the casinos. It's supposed to be like sunny and 80 the whole time. So I'm super, super excited for it. But the only part I'm kind of dreading is just this initial commute. And it's just because like, I don't really know if I should, I should try and sleep or not. I, I, I think I'll be a zombie if I don't. So I'm going to go for it, but I'm a night owl. So you know, like trying to go to bed at like nine o'clock is basically going to be pointless. I'll lay there until midnight, get like an hour and a half worth of sleep and then have to get right up at 2 a.m. So we'll see how it all plays out. I mean, ultimately, I'm just so excited for this trip. I think the adrenaline is going to carry me over. And while my experience is going to be a little bit different than CSU men's hoops, I think that's kind of what Nico Medved is kind of hoping is going to happen for the Rams, too. They're obviously going to be on a little bit more normal sleep cycle, but I just mean the fact that if they're going to win this thing, which they believe they can, and I'm going to get you some audio from Medved and and from some of the players just talking about their mindset going into this tournament in a little bit here. But as we all know, you know, winning four games in four days, it's it's really a tough task. So at some point, you kind of just need that momentum, that adrenaline to kick in because you're going to be tired, especially if you, you know, you find a way to beat Wyoming in the first round and then you get Nevada, who's a good team. But ultimately, I feel like is a is a pretty decent draw for the Rams, all things considered. I was just, you know, going through the going through the bracket here. And obviously, to get to the title game, you're, you're going to have to get through Wyoming, Nevada and probably Utah State. I mean, we never know somebody can get upset. You never know, but that that's the, that's the likely field that you would have to get through to get to that title game. And at this point, I just don't think it's that bad of a spot to be in. 
sure, you have to deal with Jalen Harris in the second round. And I, I don't want to dismiss Wyoming because they honestly are playing a lot, lot better than they had of late. They went down to Colorado Springs and they, they took down the Falcons. They took Nevada to the brink. They took New Mexico to the end. So they're a team that's that's kind of figured out themselves a little bit here at the end. They haven't really been able to put it together, but I can tell you that Nico Medved definitely, definitely takes this Wyoming team seriously. I mean, you look at Maldonado and you look at Hendricks, they've just they've got a lot of guys that can knock down threes. That's that's really the only way I see them winning this game is if Wyoming just comes out and, and lights it up from three and and CSU would probably have to play pretty sloppy on offense because I just think as a whole, CSU has enough guys that can get buckets that they can kind of go shot for shot for Wyoming if it really comes down to that. But, you know, as we all know, Maldonado, he's a baller. He's a bucket for sure. Ultimately got named a third team all conference over Isaiah Stevens by the media that got flipped by the coaches. I actually agreed with the coaches more. It's not that Maldonado is not a great scorer. He is. But I think you have to reward Stevens for playing in relevant basketball games for hitting game winners for just being that guy in the biggest moments. It's it's no disrespect intended to Maldonado or anything like that, but it's just more a, a recognition of what Stevens has been able to accomplish this season. That's how I feel about it. Uh, ultimately, the, the preseason awards kind of shaped out how most people thought they would. Nico Carvacho ended up getting second team all-conference despite leading the league in rebounding. That wasn't really a knock on him. None of the forwards... You know, Cato was second team as well. Ultimately, you know, I think he would have had a chance to make it over Bryce Hamilton of, of UNLV, but Hamilton just had the scoring figures, and that's kind of what it came down to. He had the flashy play, and UNLV definitely made a made a, an impressive run late, and Hamilton played a really big part in that. So I think that's probably what kept Nico off the first team. Still, you know, respectable to finish on second. Isaiah and David Roddy both named to honorable honorable, excuse me, mention. By the media, Stevens, like I said, did make the third team by the coaches. The one thing that jumped out to me, at least from these postseason awards, was that the coaches decided to name Malachi Flynn the the player of the year, the Mountain West player of the year, and they named Jalen Harris the newcomer of the, of the year. This was interesting because they were both eligible to be the newcomer of the year, but ultimately, like, how do you give somebody the player of the year but not also the newcomer of the year? I guess they're just operating under the the logic that they'd like to recognize both dudes. And so I guess I don't really have a problem with that. But when you really pick apart the logic, it's, it's kind of hard to justify. Like if Malachi Flynn is the Mountain West player of the year, then obviously by default, he should be the newcomer of the year. That's how I feel. I know that's how uh, the other CSU guys on the beat feel. But that was just kind of the one thing that jumped out to me about these awards. Other than that, they kind of pretty much went as expected. As far as the coaches poll goes, I was surprised that Justin Bean was on third team and not second team. I thought he should have made it over Jessup. I'm a guy who has a lot of love for Justinian Jessup. He should have been a Ram. But, I mean, Bean was just a stud this year. I don't know. I don't know how you argue that he wasn't one of the top 10 players in the league. But I do recognize that you're never going to please everyone. There's always going to be different arguments, especially, you know, certain coaches are going to value just raw numbers. Other people are going to value you know, playing in the big moments, which is kind of the argument I use in favor of Isaiah Stevens cracking the third team. But it, it it pretty much was fair. I don't think there were any that would like greatly offend anybody. The only weird one is, like I said, you know, Malachi Flynn probably should have been the newcomer of the year and the player of the year. But Harris was such a baller. I mean, in any other year, he probably would have won Mountain West player of the year anyways. 
And because of that, I can look past the logic and I can accept the rationale that the coaches just wanted to, they wanted to acknowledge both guys. And I think that's okay. I don't really think there's a concrete way to go about this. It's all subjective unless you lay out specific parameters that these players have to accomplish, then this is how it's going to play out. You know, this is what's going to end up happening. There's always going to be some people that, that are upset and there are always going to be some people that like how it plays out. I think it's pretty fair for the most part this year, but ultimately I'm just really, really excited to get to Las Vegas and see how this CSU team can, can contend because I do think they are good enough to win the whole thing. I think it would be very, very hard I definitely don't think that it would be impossible for them to make a run though. You know, you get to avoid UNLV in that four or five game, you know, maybe they would have liked another shot at Boise state, but then if you win that, you just, you know, you would have advanced to play San Diego state right away. Anyways, I think if you're going to face the Aztecs, the, the best situation would be getting them in the championship game, because if that were the case, then obviously CSU would have the momentum of, of winning three in a row and, there's just something to be said about that, you know, the juice that you get once you start get once you start rolling. I mean, this is kind of like an individual example, not really a team example, but I kind of equate it to like Kendall Moore in that last game who just, just lit it up 7 of 7 of 11 from three-point arc. Man, I got tongue tied there. He was 7 of 11 from the three-point arc, really just lit it up and was awesome. He was on fire and you could just kind of see him starting to feel himself, and I think that's kind of what happens in these tournament situations as well. Medved mentioned that Oh, in the Cayman Islands earlier this year, he actually felt like the third game on the third day was CSU's best. That was when they upset Loyola. Isaiah Stevens hit the game winner in that one as well. So it all comes full circle. But this this team is battle-tested. They're competitive. They have the talent. You know, consistency has been somewhat of an issue for them, but that's always going to be the case with a with a young group. But ultimately, I think they're in a really, really good position to potentially make some noise and at least going in you know I'm hoping they you know kind of win at least two games I mean if they don't win at all you can't like you can be disappointed as a CSU fan because you don't want the season to end I don't really think it's going to end because I think they'll be playing in in some form of postseason whether that's the NIT or the CBI uh, based on what I've gathered from people inside the program they're definitely willing to spend the money on the postseason this year you know even if it isn't the NCAA tournament it's just an opportunity to to build off the excitement that they've been able to create with the community. And ultimately, you know, it gives you a chance to get a couple more weeks, a month, whatever it ends up being of practice. And that's just so huge. I mean, we've seen, look at the the development that we've seen from these young guys as the season has gone on, especially for people like, you know, Deshaun Thomas, John Tanjay, they're not getting all of the minutes that Isaiah Stevens and, and David Roddy are getting. So to get those postseason play, it would just be, so, so valuable for this squad moving forward. At this point, it, it, I would say CSU is probably a fringe NIT team. I'm, I'm not 100% sure they would make it. I, I think they would make it if I had to bet one way or the other. At this point, I would guess that CSU would be in the field for the NIT. But if they're able to you know, get to the semifinals, at least, I think they'd pretty much be a lock at that point. I'm not saying they're going to be like you know a two or a three seed, but an eight or a seven seed, something like that is is definitely within reason. And even if that happens, even if you are an eight seed, it's it's only seeds one through eight in the NIT. It's not a 16 seed field like it is in the NCAA tournament. You're in a good spot because the the level of competition is is usually right around the same when it comes to the NIT. And also, you always have the factor of some of the bigger schools just don't ultimately want to be there, especially if you're a team that kind of felt like you should have been in the NCAA tournament and got snubbed. We see it all the time. Those teams end up getting upset by 
you know, mid majors or, or smaller programs. And who knows, maybe that could be CSU. Maybe that could be their run this year. You know, I'm not giving up on the possibility of, of them playing in the NCAA tournament until that's completely out the door. Because like I said, I do think they are good enough to win in Vegas. I do think they can beat anybody. And I do think that this is a team that is in the, in a great spot to make a run, but just being realistic, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to win four games in four days. So if it is the NIT that they end up playing in, I would see that as a victory still. You know, I would still be very excited about that. You hope for the potential of some home games. Ultimately, it would depend on how it all shakes out, but it would just be a great opportunity. I mean, so many times you see with teams, they they make a run in something like the CBI or the NIT, and then, you know, next year they come out on fire. And so that's kind of just what I'm hoping for for CSU. Everything at this point is about the future. I mean, it's about celebrating guys like Nico Carvacho and Chris Martin and, and Hiron Edwards Jr. And that's kind of the other reason that you would want to play in the postseason. It's it's to reward those guys for staying in the program and, and for staying committed to CSU. And, you know, let's be honest, it probably would have been easier for them to leave. And so, yeah, there, there are just a lot of reasons that I feel like CSU will ultimately end up playing in the postseason. One, they're good enough. Two, there's no reason to deny it. And three, I just think it would it would create a lot of excitement for this team moving forward. And ultimately, that's what you want to do. You want to keep building it. I think as the season went on, you could kind of see the excitement starting to build. During the the month of January, when they got really hot, it was it was very evident. But even at the end of the season, you know, even after they had lost and and when they were locked in that sixth seed, when you looked up at the top of Moby Arena, it was it was really starting to fill in. And we're you know we're getting to that point where it's not like you know, 2,500, 3,000 on a nightly basis. It's more like 5,500, 6,000 on a game-to-game basis. And eventually, you know, hopefully it can be more like 7,500. And I think that's possible. I really do. So I'm really excited. We are going to take a second right here and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge, the official beer of DNVR. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to find Breck out in Las Vegas, but I do know with the Breck Beer Locator, I can hop on there and it will give me the easiest way. Breck's everywhere. I mean, they're a national company, so I'm not that worried about it, but I'm going to be craving some Avalanche Ale. So what am I going to do? I'm going to hop on my phone. I'm going to get out that Breck Beer Locator and I'm going to find that Avalanche Ale, folks. I'm going to find where it is. I'm going to find that refreshing, crisp lager. I am going to leave you here with some audio from Nico Medved just kind of talking about his team going to this tournament, talking about Wyoming, all of that fun stuff. Like I said, I'm really stoked to get out to Las Vegas. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Follow me at Justin T. Michael. Follow the DNVR Rams account. That's at DNVR underscore Rams. Going to keep you updated through it all. I know. You know, some folks, if you're not able to be there, you wish you could. I get it. The, the FOMO is real. But at least with this, you know, you can kind of stay up to stay up to date with the moment and and interact with us throughout it all. So I'm, I'm really just looking forward to it. If you are going to be in Vegas, shout us out. You know, hit us up. If you see me, come talk to me. Let's talk hoops. Let's talk football. Let's talk whatever you want to talk. You know, I'll, I'm down to talk hip hop if that's what you're into. But I'm, I'm so thankful for everyone that subscribes to our work. So thankful to everyone that makes this dream at DNVR possible. But really, really excited for the trip. And here is that audio from Nico Medved. You guys wanted to buy. We talked about this a little after the last game. But I feel like the 16 is kind of a good spot for you guys, just in the bracket. Yeah, I don't pay much attention. If yeah. it's good, bad, or indifferent, it's the seed that we earned, you know, and that's the way that it worked out. And 
it's a whole new season. Like, you know that, right? What we did in the regular season, we should feel good about. That's over. You know, you got to build on it. And now it's that whole mentality of survive and advance, right? And sure. the only thing that matters for us is Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And um, got to really prepare well. You know, the teams that know each other um, prepare well and try to find a way to earn victory on Wednesday. Is it hard to balance because... You know, there's no other situation where you're going to play four games in four days. So you have to be conscious of that, but you also don't want to like get too far ahead of yourself because you got to take it one day at a time. You know, I, I've been in these situations before that way, and I don't think so. I mean, this time of year, practices are short and crisp. You got to prepare to win the first game. You know, you can't start looking ahead and saying, "Oh man, if we do this, like you got to do it." And adrenaline takes over a little bit you know what I mean you get in these tournaments and you know we played in the tournament in the Cayman Islands where you play three games in three days you know like that and I thought we played our best game on the third day Um, so I don't think you can do that at all you just got to prepare and um, don't look one step ahead and you just got to focus on what we have to do to try to win Wednesday how does it affect preparation a team that obviously played twice you know the last not too far uh too far ago. How's that change things? Does it really? I don't think it changed things. I mean, obviously, like I said, there aren't a ton of secrets, you know what I mean, right now. I mean, I think both teams know each other pretty well. You don't have a lot of time to change much. You kind of have to, you know, do what you do well, and they'll do what they do well, and and everybody's got access to all the film and all that stuff. And um, and so I think that, you know, Wyoming's been playing a lot better. You know, you look at it. I mean, obviously, we were very, very fortunate to win in, in Laramie. Um, they won and won at Air Force. They had both Nevada and Fresno on the ropes. You know, they just haven't been able to make a couple of plays to win games, but they've been right there in every in every game. And so, um, you know, they'll be well prepared. You know, it'll be a high level game in my opinion. And um, but I don't think there's a ton of tricks. I mean, there's stuff that you're always trying to improve on, right? You look at the film and say, what could we have done better in game two? Or maybe there's something they adjusted. You know, with us, but um, you can't change a whole heck of a lot in a day. Is Maldonado obviously just going to be the, the biggest point of emphasis? I mean, you can't sleep. They have a couple of guys that can knock down shots. You don't want to sleep on them. But as you guys were working on earlier, they run a lot of ball reversals. They do a lot of things to try and isolate him. Do you feel like you're prepared for that? I, I, I think so. You know, what they've done is they've kind of reinvented themselves a little bit offensively, and they're really playing just a ton of five out motion, you know, where they're just playing motion offense and they're moving and screening and cutting to set up opportunities to drive it, uh, find open shooters. Um, they do a good job then of, you know, getting Maldonado the ball in spots. But uh, Maldonado's a terrific player. But I think they're also dangerous when, you know, guys like Hendricks can get going. You know, he has a huge game against Nevada. Um, he's a guy that can put together, you know, five, six threes just like that. Um, 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 the big man, Taylor, you know, a lot of, he's played really, really well for him. He made four threes the other night. And, you know, they do a lot of stuff where they pick and pop him and he stretches the floor. And so they put you in some interesting, you know, positions. Um, and then the Milton kid goes down and has dang near 30 at Air Force. And so I think that they've got other guys who are dangerous. You know, Maldonado is definitely an elite player. Um, um, but we can't make the mistake of just focusing on him and, um, and leaving other guys open who can hurt us. Skinny looking kid with the cuff khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice. But water's the truth so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non